Welcome to the Fade to Gray podcast. My name is Seth, and this week the men of Fade to Gray sit down with the one and only Joey Spencer to discuss <laughs> aspects of his life and hear his story. And it should definitely be mentioned, he has many Oh, and I mean many rooms made of rich mahogany in his mansion. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what? He's he's got such a big house that he has multiple man caves. Multiple man caves in that. You no, know, not not just that. He has multiple rooms inside his man cave. You know, I was I was just trying to harness Joey because, dude, it was Aren't so you cool. Are you trying to harness Joey? <laughs> In one of his many rooms of rich mahogany. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. You know, we did get into some some funny stuff like that on this episode. Didn't we? It was an enjoyable yeah. episode. Yeah, he was a great, great guest to have. Yeah, hopefully like, he'll come on again and talk some more shit about his co-host. Yep. <laughs> and shit, let's stop talking and let everyone hear it. All right, here's the episode. Pastor Joey Svensson from the Bad Christian Podcast. Oh, yeah. BC oh, yeah. Podcast. <laughs> so welcome, faders. Here we go, man. Here we go. I'm glad you guys stuck with us for our whole first season, and we're closing it out strong. We have today with us Pastor Joey Swenson, podcaster, author, and a pastor, most most importantly, alas, there. So. Um, he's meant a lot for to me what he's done with Bad Christian and some of the deconstruction stuff and being just open and honest and talking. So we got him here at Fade to Gray to see um, how open and honest he really wants to be. <laughs> <laughs> and he wow. let it be known that he said he would answer any question. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> he said I, he said I can't imagine not being able yeah. to, but no, I, I, you know, I could probably think of some examples. I won't put it this way. I won't be offended by any question. I will just say, eh, I don't want to talk about that. Well, good. I love that. Me too. All right, we'll start out easy on you. Like my, my first question that I want to know, Pastor Swinson, is in the early game. Wait, let me ask something. Do y'all really think y'all need to call me Pastor Swinson? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we joked about it before yeah. you came on. <laughs> jo- we want to Joey is you. okay. <laughs> just FYI. Now, if you're more comfortable with that, then you might as well just shoot for the moon and call me uh, brother, pastor, reverend, whatever. But it, Joey's fine. Joey's the right fine. honorable. All right, all right. Reverend Joey Swinson. <laughs> all right, there you go. What is a reverend? It's the father. same thing call as a me pastor. Father. Father Joey would be great. Can I call you Daddy? Sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man! What I want to know in the early days of Bad Christian. Um, yes. Like, was there times when you guys like were thinking, "Why are we doing this?" You know, like no one's listening. Like, how close did you come <laughs> to? Possibly like, you know, like walking out on doing this. This is a waste of time. You know, what we're doing um, is too too destructive. You know, like all those type of thoughts. Because what you're doing is relatively like new with the deconstruction, podcasting and everything. So, um, yeah. Like, how close were you to not making it? And do you have an example of, of that? Um, so as far as being frustrated with nobody listening and all of that, Honestly, I always tell people, especially when they ask, man, give me some advice on podcasting. We're not the best example because we, we 
we had a huge head start with Emery's following. So Toby and I started writing blog posts and he was putting that on Emery's Facebook tweeting from Emery. And so that was an instant fan base that could determine whether or not they liked us. And when you've got 200,000 people determining something, you're going to get a chunk of those. And that's what a lot of people don't have. So we literally never experienced not having a lot of downloads and that's, that has nothing to do with how good we were as much as, okay. Now I do, I will say, I don't think it that would have been sustainable and it wouldn't have been enough if we sucked, but as far as, uh, acquiring that sort of following right away, it had to do with Emory. Uh, the closest that, I, I mean, I have, uh, I have scared, Toby has like a fear, one of my co-hosts, you guys know who he is, but I don't, I don't know how familiar your listeners are. So Toby definitely has or had, I think it's probably still there a little bit, a fear of me uh, bowing out out of nowhere because that's what I did with Emory. And I, and I am extremely shocked that here we are over 20 years late or almost 20 years later and that fear is still there. Now it makes sense because that happened out of nowhere back then. Why wouldn't it happen now? But it's like, okay, we are different people. We've matured. You and I talk about this. Like there's, there's just no way that's going to happen. But early on I did get an, uh, I mean, to be very detailed, Matt had written a blog post that said something along the lines of my, uh, why my, masturbation habit has changed or something like that and I this was uh it was actually a really good post on uh sexual purity and trying not to look at porn and all of that but it was still kind of clickbaitish. and I put it on my Facebook something I don't do anymore I, I really don't do a whole lot of overlap with my personal feed and um bad Christian I do a little bit but early on I did it pretty freely, and I had someone of an older generation who didn't really understand how Facebook worked. He saw that on my feed, and he thought that was automatically on his feed, and he about lost his shit. I mean, he oh, he was like, man, people at my work see this. My, I got kids, man. He's just like, I'm mortified. And he's like, does your does, does Pastor Greg know that, that, you know, you have this kind of stuff? And then his sister... Um, contacted me and copied the senior pastor on it and said, I just want to ask, do you know the sort of content that Joey's cranking out and all that stuff? And, uh, so senior pastor Greg responded to all and just basically said, look, I don't agree with everything Joey's doing, but I do trust him. I think his heart's in the right place. He's talking to an audience that I don't have any access to, um, and just basically left it at that. And then she responded. I think she immediately, after her and I talked a little bit, she had responded and said, you know, I really am sorry. I know Joey's heart too. He was there for my daughter when she tried to commit suicide and just, you know, she pretty much reeled all the way back. Her brother, on the other hand, not so much. He kind of stood his ground for a while, but when all that stuff initially happened, I made the mistake of saying, I was just talking. I didn't really think deep down inside, maybe I should quit, but I said something to the effect of, man, I mean, I don't even know if this is worth all of this. And Toby heard that and just like for him, it was like, this is happening again. And I uh, got super emotional. And, and honestly, that may be why to this day, he still worries about that because of that 
one comment. But ever since we began, I've never really considered quitting. I mean, for me, it's been a huge outlet because I, I do feel like I'm a stranger in a foreign land of evangelicalism, and I can't believe I'm still in that, and I don't feel like I need to leave it, but I feel like this has been a a great outlet for me to be able to speak freely, and I just so happen to work at one of the more unique churches out there that would let me do it. Thank you, Pastor so, Joey. Yeah, thank you. How long thank have you, you guys been doing the Bad Christian Podcast exactly? Um, I think so. My landmarker is that I remember tweeting from, uh, I think it was when we were called unlearning. I remember tweeting, uh, like when I was at the hospital for my fourth kid to be born. So that would have been 2012. And so I think maybe we started podcasting in 2013 or 14. That would be my guess. I mean, obviously we we could figure out for sure, but I would say five or six years. Is Bad Christian Podcast more or less like something you see from church, or what do you what do you now now that you're busy for such a long time? Do you? think church is more important than the podcast or the podcast more important than church? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, I think how I've articulated it behind the scenes with Matt and Toby, and I mean, honestly, I guess it would be somewhat of a risk for me to say this, but I don't know if it's a matter of importance as much as it is. I see, I see both roles as important, but I feel like someone overseeing the campus of an evangelical church, those those people that are able to do that are a dime a dozen. Now, folks that I pastor and and my wife and everybody would, would obviously be like, no, there's something special about you. We love you. You are our pastor and, and that sort of thing. So I understand there's a special connection as well because we're a family. We've been together for 10 years. I mean, we've been a church. So I understand uh, it's not like I'm immediately replaceable, but there are a lot of people that could fill that role, whereas what we're doing with Bad Christian is – uh, a way more unique thing out there that, in my opinion, is occupying a space that not everybody would be able to do. So if the two ever did conflict in which I had to stop one of them, I really do feel right now that it would not be bad Christian because I feel like that that's what I need to uh, continue doing. Well, praise Jesus. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, obviously, obviously the, uh, you know, for me, one, one thing that comes to mind is, you know, the two, the two big things that come to mind are the people that would really have a hard time with me leaving as well as not knowing how I would make a substantial income. I mean, and those are, are two things that I know that that, you know, God could take care of, but it's interesting, man. It's like, uh, there's a lot of bad Christian listeners at, at the church. And then there's a, I would say the majority of people probably don't know that I do it. And then there's probably some people that know that I do it, but they've never listened to it. And if they did, it would, it would definitely stir the pot a little bit, but there are a lot of people that, they're engaged in evangelical culture because they know me personally. Otherwise, they're out. I mean, they, they're kind of in the same realm of thinking that maybe Matt and Toby are in, but they're just like, but I I know this guy, and I know where he's coming from. So if, if he's there, that's a guy I can relate to. And I'm not saying there's like dozens necessarily, but there are definitely a good bit of people that I know 
their connection to evangelicalism is through me. And I hope that doesn't sound more than it should sound. It's just the personal relationship there. In a situation like that, I mean, home church would never get in the way of bad Christian. You, you wouldn't see that ever like conflicting. Oh, no. And no. so that, that's something you would continue on probably. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There would never be a conflict there. Um, yeah, not at all. The weight of that's got to be kind of heavy on you at times, right? Like, uh, is it almost like you feel like you're responsible for people's salvation or maybe continuing to be part of the church? Um, you know, if anything, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if my leader, I, I, I mean, I think my lead pastor would see it this way, but I think a lot of people in between would not, but I actually see my placement within Seacoast Church as a huge benefit to a lot of people that I have crossed paths with, such as counseling situations, uh, such as people that sit with me and ask me stuff that I'm like, man, I'm glad they're not just asking anyone this because these are sorts of things that I have kind of worked out of and maybe my answer would even surprise them, but at the same time uh, bring an element of, of comfort and so I, I, I do think whether it is coincidental or like an intentional thing that God has done, I have definitely talked to people that met me th- through coming to Seacoast, um, but really needed someone that thought out of the box more along the lines of, of, of how I'm thinking. And I, uh, all of this sounds very pompous. I, and I, and hope you guys, you guys know me well enough to know that's not where it's coming from. But, you know, I think my wife and I really do feel somewhat of evangelists to evangelicals. Like Uh I, I think, I think that over time there's going to be more and more people being like, wait a second, this just does not line up. And, we're going to be there, you know, and I, and I think, uh, there's, you know, I'm not at liberty to say who this is, but there's literally a pastor of a, a, uh, mainstream contemporary church that is within the same church planting network that my senior pastor is president of. And here he is being the head. I'm not the head guy of Seacoast. He's the head guy of his church. And he is in the same place that I am in. And, that's going to happen more and more the, you know, because the, the tricky thing is, is I, I'm, I'm second guessing all of my beliefs, but I still want in when it comes to what I believe about God and Jesus and all that. I just, I just want to get to the bottom of it. And I know that there's so much I can't figure out. And I know a lot of the stuff that I always thought was true is not, but I don't want out. And I think that's going to happen to a lot of pastors and uh, we're going to really need to be there for one another. And, you know, I, I don't know what I would have done without the likes of people like Brian McLaren and, uh, my gosh, the interview that we had with Paul Young and, um, Richard Rohr and these guys that have, that are decades ahead of me with thinking through all this stuff. I'm so indebted to those guys because otherwise I would have just felt so lost. Like, man, are, is there anybody else out there? Because I really am at a point and I, it's funny, I say this in confidence and I know that this is a public podcast, but I really do feel like I'm at a point where most of the theological stuff that I would need to talk about, there's just, there's outside of maybe two people on staff at Seacoast, there's really no one I can talk to without them being like, whoa, dude. This is kind of some crazy stuff, man. Wow. Um, 
and so I, I have I have needed the likes of some thinkers uh, like those guys that I mentioned. And one of them in particular has been extremely gracious in letting me call them a couple of times and even have some conversations with them. So, um, yeah, I don't know what I would do without people that have already thought through all of this. And, and what I think is remarkable, too, is these guys are written off as heretics. And I'm just like, you're talking about people who are doing the same thing you're doing and that's trying to get to the bottom of stuff like they're literally right. wanting to know the truth they're not turning their back on any concept of of god they're just seeking things and then you want to say that they're heretics trying to lead people astray why in the hell would anybody want to lead someone astray right like what kind of person is that like i want to lead you astray i mean what what kind of that just doesn't make any sense i think marilyn manson wanted to do that yeah that's true there's some evil people (laughs) y'all see me lounging great man (laughs) i like your legs i like those shorts yeah those are nice joey look at my couch (laughs) (laughs) i could lounge on that man Oh, <laughs> but you guys, uh, you guys just wrapped up the road show, right? And ha- did you guys feel that that went all right? How did that leave you feeling? Do you guys think you'll do it again? Yeah, I mean, we, I, we definitely got a lot better at panel like discussions and and those sorts of things that will be key in the upcoming conference and more things like that. The big discovery was that our live podcast isn't. Uh, it's not a good strategy to have that as part of a music lineup. It just doesn't feel right. Now, I think at each venue, each time we got better and better at making it work in that sort of climate. And every time we also had bad Christian listeners that really dug it and they were completely engaged. But for the most part, you think about a bunch of kids showing up to an Emory He Is Legend concert, and then all of a sudden you get two of the guys in Emory and some random that are sitting down at a table with microphones and you're like, what is this? I didn't come to listen to three guys talk. I just want to listen to music. Uh, and so there was that kind of vibe going on. So, um, I don't think we would do that aspect of it again. So now we're thinking through, you know, would, do we have the capacity of, you know, maybe bringing on some other podcasts and, and hitting the road and, you know, filling up a, a venue that would, pay for the tour and, and make a little bit of money as well. So um, I, I kind of want to take you back a little bit. To, you were talking about how some of the things that if you were to talk to people in the church, they might think that you're a heretic. So yeah. on, on the podcast, you've spoken a little bit of, um, with the Rethinking Hell people, the podcast yeah. guys, about your yeah. transition to annihilationism, which for those of you who don't know what that is, that's like where you don't believe in eternal conscious torment. Um, can you right. tell me what your current thoughts are on annihilationism and how has that affected your faith? Well, I would say where I am resolute at, and we talked about this uh, earlier today, is the only thing that I'm pretty convinced of, like I will be shocked, absolutely shocked if people are consciously tormented forever. Like I will literally lose my mind and be like, oh my gosh, this really is a thing. So that's what I'm convinced isn't the case. And then outside of that, I, you know, I feel like it would make logical sense, theological sense, spiritual sense for God to be like, you know what? You didn't choose me. Hopefully you had a little bit of fun on earth eating and enjoying sex and scenery and, and whatever, but 
you know, it's just how I have things set up. You're not going to exist anymore. I don't feel like that's that bad of a thing. Now, Toby and Matt would totally disagree and be like, destroyed? Never existing again? That's horrible. Now, Toby's kind of come around and thinks that sounds actually kind of nice and restful. And then I'm like, well, there's nothing restful about it. You don't get to uh, enjoy being (laughs) non-existent. You're just, you don't exist. Um, But... I I do feel like that's something I can wrap my head around is that the you know people that don't choose God they just don't exist forever but I definitely feel like there are you know once once you back off of like an inerrancy uh approach to the Bible and recognize that there are other ways of looking at it then it really does leave a lot of things uh up up for grabs. But here's the thing that I find so compelling is if you do look at it in an inerrant way, uh, annihilationism way makes way more sense. I mean, you take Chris Date and he can eat anybody up in a debate and actually you throw any verse at him and he has got a very logical, consistent explanation as to why that doesn't mean what you think it means. And it's tied. I mean, there's certain things that I just think are just a slam dunk for eternal conscious torment. And he's like, dude, this is referencing something that was said in the old Testament. Here it is. This figurative, it's not talking about that. And you're like, oh my gosh, I never put those two together. So as far as I'm concerned, him and a lot of smart people uh, believe in annihilation. I mean, there's some names out there. I think N.T. Wright may be an annihilationist, if I'm not uh, mistaken. But anyway, uh, there's way more of a case, a biblical case for annihilationism. Now, what I find uh, even more compelling is there are some verses that I have always thrown out as, oh, well, I just don't understand those ones. And it's because I approach the Bible with the presupposition of hell exists. But there are some verses that are very universalistic, and I've always discarded them as something that I just didn't understand. Whereas what if I had always been taught that everybody goes to heaven, then I would have done the same thing to the verses that sound like punishment. I'd be like, okay, those I just don't understand what that means. But these are super clear. So I personally do lend some credibility and open the door for a chance that maybe Jesus is the hero for everyone and that uh you know a lot of this punishment stuff is is man-made uh formulations of things that just make sense to us hey if you do bad things then uh you are punished but uh to me it doesn't seem like an outlandish thought that maybe everybody uh, finds grace at the end. And then, uh, you know, another thing that I have always found pretty surprising is why do we think that when people die, they don't have any chance at after that point? Like, what is it about the physical body passing away? And it's like, oh, now, now there's no chance because your body is dead. And one slam dunk verse that they think covers that is, you know, it's appointed every man to die and then judgment or something like that. I'm like, that doesn't mean that someone may not have a chance when they die. And so I think there may be a, ch- uh, a chance that our, our souls are, they in- encounter this heavenly father. We see him in his totality. We realize just how mistaken we were and how little we understood and knew, and there is no other choice but to surrender with like this perfect mixture of joy and fear. And then he wipes our tears away forever and everybody is good to go. I just, I don't understand why that can't be a possibility. So 
that's where I'm at with all of that. That's awesome. So is that why your brother, uh, Jared, quit Pastor with No Answers because of your heretic no. uh, beliefs? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's interesting. He actually has has actually he's he's come around to a lot of that stuff and i think that uh he he's a uh he's a reader so anytime something is compelling he'll read it so he read a lot of the books on annihilationism and agrees that the bible points way more to that than anything else but i think he also recognizes man everything makes sense if universalism is true but i don't think he's necessarily grabbed a hold of that um as I haven't either um, grabbed it and and run with it, but I think both of us recognize the fact. What, what that, are you grabbing right now? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you think? Give himself Mr. a foot massage. I'm not sure. There was some definite back and forth motion going there. I was. Like, oh, gotcha. How much you were enjoying this conversation? I'm enjoying it too, but just maybe not. Now I, com- I completely understand how Matt and Toby feel. I mean, I, I would love it if y'all would offer me some grace that I've been podcasting all day. That would be great. You know what? We should be uh, like Jesus. We should offer him grace. You're right. Yeah, there you go. But no, my my brother stopped because of uh, like social anxiety. It's something that he's always um, dealt with, and he really gave it a whirl for a pretty long time. But he said that, you know, it turned out that sometimes he would have certain thoughts and he couldn't get it out because it just felt so heavy and then sometimes he'd get off of a call and the only way he'd go to sleep is taking a couple shots of whiskey and because he was just so high strung and everything so for him it was more of a I gotta stop doing this because it's not good for me now he is totally open to getting on there once in a while doing an episode here and there but as far as it being a regular thing it's just not something that he wants to do anymore yeah, I really enjoyed him being on that podcast, but I completely mm-hmm. understand him needing to take a yeah. break or or get off there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, it's it's weird because it, if I would think of anyone having that social anxiety when it comes to you know speaking or podcasting, I know you're a pastor, Joey, but it seems like if anyone, you might have that anxiety uh, yourself. Yeah. I mean, was that something that you overcame quickly in the early days? Or did you even nope. struggle with that? Nope. That's, I guess that's the one thing I've never struggled with, man. Ever since I was a kid. I mean, I I remember walking down the boardwalk at Myrtle beach and some dude was out there broadcasting on like a major radio station. And I just, I was acting a fool and he just put the microphone in my face. I was like, well, hell yeah. If you're going to do that, I'm going (laughs) to go off right now. Like I've never had a shy bone in my body. I've never lacked the ability to make conversation. I, uh, almost didn't get my first teaching job because I was slouching in my interview because I just wasn't <laughs> nervous. And I really felt bad at the end of the year when my principal told me, she said, you know, I almost didn't hire you. And I was like, why not? She said, well, you're slouching in your interview. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, I was like, I didn't mean that disrespectfully. I was just laid back. Like I was lounging. And, uh, so I've just, I, I've never now what's what's ironic is I consider myself an introvert and I always used to think I was an extrovert because of my ability to interact with anyone and not be shy or um, aware and and all that sort of thing. But now having a more thorough understanding of being an introvert um, and that is 
really refueling and you know like for for <laughs> for example it's it's not as bad because she's my wife and I'm super close to her but the last thing I want to do when I get off with you guys is to get into some deep dialogue with her about the kids grades and all that i'm just like, oh lord please jesus give me patience because all i want to do right now is just sit in my bed read a book uh hell i'll even watch a movie with her and put my arm around her but i do not want to talk like I'm hell I'm, i may even kiss my wife <laughs> yeah i'm with you i'm very much the same way where i socially I can be out there and like be like that I guess butterfly they say but I have to have like some alone time some me time some recharge time or yeah you know or somebody some unsuspecting person is going to get like the side of me that I'm not trying to give them you know so yeah yeah for sure same here I can be uh can be perfectly alone for a week and uh and I'm a happy person then (laughs) Jolliver, I don't know. I think we talked about it on the podcast, but it was a really long time ago. I I, I just think it was so funny. Um, it was super early on. I think it was when we recorded with Chris Dudley, so it must have been like episode five, and Matt and Toby had come into Charleston, and Seacoast was gracious enough to let us use like some lodging that they have for out-of-town guests and everything. And so um, great place to camp out for a few days, and you know, one day after we had podcast a bunch and talked strategy and all of that sort of thing, I just went into my room and locked the door and uh, just read and I just wanted to be away from those guys. And when Toby <laughs> came to the door and tried to open it and rec- and realize it was locked, he would, I mean, he just couldn't believe it. He looks at, I mean, I, I, I obviously didn't see him, but I heard after the fact, he just looked at Matt and he was like, what in the like we're all here hanging and he's gonna go into his room and lock it and they literally picked the lock (laughs) busted into the room and said fuck you like toby literally walked in and said oh you're gonna lock the door fuck you man because (laughs) because you don't see that shit on a tour yeah they they weren't they literally weren't mad it was a really funny moment because it was just like hell no you're not locking yourself and you're gonna get privacy to hell with that <laughs> they, they were trying to one-up your privacy <laughs> what's that you should have dropped your pants like the moment that they yeah. rang your door yeah well they're <laughs> like, used to that so they're used to <laughs> oh, oh oh yeah that's that's yep. true <laughs> yeah oh wow well speaking of that i'm like i'm the type of guy that struggles with depressive episodes yeah and like maintaining relationships and uh, i'm curious like how your relationship with matt and toby has developed and how like it's still going uh well uh, yeah because like when listening to the podcast i get really protective of you yeah <laughs> do you guys man. like work through those like afterwards or is that like something you guys just put a sweep it under the rug um i mean honestly it's 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 crazy that I've known Toby now for 21 years, Matt for 20 years, and I do feel like I've gotten to know them in a very accelerated rate since doing the podcast because of all the conversations we're having and everything. And I have definitely learned how to recognize just how different people are. And I literally, I told I told Priscilla, I told Toby, I told Matt, and I think it may have just been something that I put out there and Toby just understood and he never circled around and said, hey, give me some clarification because I think he understands. But I, we got in the, the biggest like 
I think we talked about it on the podcast, but this was was, it, was that when this you was, walked out, Joey? No, this that was years ago. I'm talking within okay. like six months. I mean, Toby was oh, okay. sobbing. I mean, and 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 he went the route of man, I would entrust my kids with you, and I trust you more than you trust me, and just I mean, it it, it was just unbelievable. And then he wanted to go into some conversational territory that I knew we cannot. I said, Toby, we cannot go here right now. There's no way we can talk about this. You know that. And then he took that as. Oh, so you you can't do this with me. I'm your best friend, and you can't trust me enough to go there. And so there, I understood Toby in such a more complete way that a lot of the stuff that comes out as antagonizing is literally like a, I need to feel secure with you. So if you're not going to give me that, I'm going to hammer you until... I recognize that you're with me no matter what. I know that sounds crazy, but a lot of the times when he lashes out and we have those sorts of deep, crazy arguments, it literally is him needing to see for me that I'm with him regardless. I'm not going anywhere. I am his friend to stay. And there's literally, I mean, and I, you know, it's crazy, but I, uh, and, and I, you know, why is Toby so afraid? Well, I was just leave him. yeah. I was just gonna say, um, you know, and and po- potentially this is stuff that maybe I shouldn't say. I don't know, but I, uh, I mean, I really do. I've said this for the longest time. To, uh, Priscilla and I have both said this. The fact that Toby has turned out how he is is unreal. Either, you know, give God the credit, give Toby the credit for uh, working hard to be a normal person. Um, whatever the case is, it's pretty astonishing that Toby Morell is Toby Morell because of the jacked up childhood that he had, the rejection that he had, um, how his mom is. His mom is like a very bizarre pathological liar. And so the things that do come out of Toby to me just makes sense. It's like, I'm surprised you're not more like this. Like it's, it's crazy what he has, uh, Imagine if you had a fair shake at things, he'd be a genius. <laughs> sure, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I just yeah, don't. So, um, unless you believe the hard stuff that happens in your life makes you who you are, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I think that um, I am I'm less defensive about my depression, and I have also, you know, it 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 also took me time to really trust that they really had. Uh, the best of intentions for me. So when it comes across as then, I mean, Matt and Toby, I, I, I can't be any more different than two people. I mean, I'm so different from them. And so it has to make sense that there is a gap that all three of us have to work to try to close a little bit. And I would say I'm more of the emotional feely type. So for me, um, well, honestly, I say that, but I think Toby may be even more so. It just comes across differently. But I think we've all had to work to close that gap because of how different we are. And as we've closed that gap, I think I have been able to trust their best intentions for me because I'm a different person. So when they say certain things a certain way and where they when they seem calloused, I had to retrain my brain and be like, well, wait a second, they're different from me. So when they're communicating this, it's not callousness. It's not 
um, like belittling, they really are trying to get to the bottom of something. Like I, I am a hundred percent convinced that they genuinely do care and they just show it completely different than I would. And it's because we're different people. I just don't like it. Cause sometimes it seems like they use your depression against you. Like yeah. I mean, you and, running away or isolating or withdrawing. And I'm like, part of depression and yeah it's that's discriminatory like i don't know yeah well and and i would say then uh some of that obviously bleeds into their shortcomings as people now maybe they would defend that and say no that's part of us caring but i mean obviously they're not perfect people so i would imagine um now i think a lot of times when toby responds in that way it's it it can come from more of a uh, this is hurting me, and so I'm kind of lashing out about it. But sure, I don't, I don't think that they interact with me perfectly. I mean, I think uh, you know, Matt and I were talking about this recently, just how bizarre uh, Toby can be, and he's just completely blind to it. I mean, I cannot. <laughs> it, I mean, we've been in the craziest conversations with him, and it literally seems like he is reaching out for like some confirmation of uh of of friendship in some sort of weird way and everybody can see it except for him i mean it's 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 weird i don't i don't know but but going back to the whole you know maybe giving you a hard time a little more than needed on the on the podcast like do you do you kind of see it as well, we're kind of all exaggerated, exaggerated versions of ourselves on the show because we're putting together a show. So do you, do you, do you see it that way? Or do they say, listen, man, like we're just giving you a hard time. Like we're just putting together a show. How is, how is that? Um, how, how do you see it? You, it seems like you just, you let it roll right off you most of the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, so let's, let's be real too. My depression does cause heartache in other people. It is an inconvenience. It does hold us back. It does cause problems, just like someone's temper would cause a problem or someone's inability to concentrate or, uh, you, you know, whatever the case is. So there is a part, sure, I can say, well, it's kind of out of my control, but I still have to own that. I have to own it in my marriage, for sure. Um, and so I think that is a, a weird tension to balance that over time we've had to learn how those two things go hand in hand because, um, I mean, it is it is hard to uh, keep things as real as you possibly can be and entertaining at the same time. And so I do think some of our vibe is, is maybe even um, unintentionally exaggerated and then maybe some things are intentional. But, you know, so, so for example... I may put something out there that I have some serious intentions behind it. They don't read into the seriousness of it and it feels really weird for the vibe. Well, then that puts them in a position of, okay, we, we have to say something super funny and I could easily misunderstand that and be like, I can't believe they're belittling what I just said. Like that was really heartfelt where they didn't realize that they're just trying to keep things going and keep things entertaining. And so it is a complicated thing when you're trying to be entertaining as well. And I think that's just something that we've had to 
learn how to do. And I personally, I don't know if they admit this or not, but I mean, I, I personally do think that it was overboard early on as far as it just became almost like senseless and repetitive and stupid as far as how, um, how exaggerated the making fun of me was. It just, it just turned to, it's just isn't fun. And it's, it's funny too, because a lot of people thought, Oh, like the fat jokes. And it's like, that's the last thing that bothered me. Like that, that was so, um, slapstick because, uh, I, you know, wasn't even overweight at the time. Like that was something that we all three legitimately thought was funny, but there, there was a season in the podcast where I felt like I couldn't say anything without being made fun of. And we had to work through that. And, you know, whether they think that's a deficiency in my personality or something that was legitimate that they needed to temper doesn't matter. It, it got fixed. Um, so yeah. It kind of seems like you got to that area where you, you, you know, you recognize faithful are the wounds of a friend, right. You know? And, uh, yeah. I gotta say all this really resonates, um, with me, I know. And probably the other guys too, because one of our things that fade to gray is we're all about communicating well, you know, like listening to people to hear what they're saying and not just to respond. And, you know, everything you were just saying about your communication with Matt and Toby there was just solid gold. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, I mean, it, when you think about it, the mo the deepest, most valuable friendships, it, it's, it's, it only comes through perseverance. And, uh, I mean, you, you could, you can even get a little mysterious and supernatural, uh, about all of this. Like it is crazy what the three of us bring to the table. And in one of these most recent episodes where I was kind of, uh, defensive of, of the church, uh, I mean, there, there was a lot of emotion behind all of that. And I think all three of us did a lot of, of thinking and, uh, Matt and I talked about it a good bit a few days ago. And I said, you know, I really do believe that if I wasn't on the podcast, we would lose a huge demographic of listeners that I keep listening, that, that I keep them on board listening and I feel like if uh, if it was like three Joeys, we would also lose a huge demographic of people that resonate with those guys. And I really do think the uniqueness that we all bring to the table broadens our listenership because there's some people that are just like, Joey annoys the hell out of me, but at least Matt's going to talk some sense into him. And then you have some people that are just like, Matt's about the most annoying uh, arrogant sounding person, but thank God Joey's on there. You know, I mean, it, it, it literally, we hear those sorts of comments all the time. And I, I just think that's the coolest thing ever that there's probably some people that keep listening because of one of us, you know, definitely that's yeah. aces. We feel the same way with them. I and we got lots of personalities on here. I know that there's things I say every podcast that I you know, just turn people's stomachs and, um, you guys ready? Cause here comes another one. There you go. <laughs> please please make me sick you ready for the good questions there um reverend jo pastor joey let's do it let's do it I'm, I'm not ready for this at all welcome to our rapid fire segment <laughs> we found out um, recently and actually this question um is posed to us from one of our listeners um who was curious also listens to Bad, Bad Christian and uh, was curious because we had a conversation this last week where one of our members here at the round table brought it to the attention of the ladies and, and many of the men that um, multiple orgasms are a thing for, for males. And uh, really, 
Oh, see, and see, and see, my question for you, though, is have you ever experienced smoke orgasms, and do you know how to do that? <laughs> do you know, and can you teach us? <laughs> <laughs> well, this conversation took a little turn here, so. We don't ease it in at all. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's, there's, there's definitely been, I, I don't know if this is what that is, but there's definitely been times where I thought that it was kind of like done, but then there was like a little, oh gosh, there's a little bit more. Oh, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if that's what it's, but. Well, I mean, the thing is though, is it, when I think of multiple, I think of at the same level more than one time. And I've never experienced that before. I've just experienced the whole, oh, this is, seems over. But oh, there's a little bit more left, but it never so like, almost seeded the initial. an encore, almost like yeah. a gogurt container where there's like a little bit left in there. You're like, oh, exactly. cool, yeah, yeah. Exactly. cool, exactly. yeah, yeah, nice. Yep. This yeah. all, it, it, it almost sounds like a party trick, really. It almost sounds like oh, a so party there's trick. There's a strategy. Well, there's that's a, a different kind of party. <laughs> all right, send me the book. I'll read it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, don't, about, I, don't, I don't know about you guys, but as soon as I'm done, I'm I'm going flat, dude. That's I'm hey, done. That's one book. That's one book. Like we all we've all heard people say, man, you gotta read this book, and we're like, yeah, right. Everybody says that, but if somebody says, hey, you can have multiple orgasms, just read this book. We're all reading it. <laughs> I mean, every single one of us, is like, yep, give me that book. Something that I didn't know was a weird thing was uh, I used to. And, and this is when we were in college, and so I would obviously tell them the next day, and everybody was jealous, but I would wake up right at the end of my wet dream. And so I would like legitimately enjoy it. Like I would wake up and be like, Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. And, and then Dude, I'd go back to sleep. that's amazing. Oh, it was just the best. Like, it I'll read that there. book. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was God's way of saying, hey, you have to deal with depression, but <laughs> I'm going to give you this. Here's a little something. <laughs> All right, here's a little slice of the kingdom. Literally throwing you a bone. Yeah. <laughs> You guys talk about it. And of course, everyone hears about all these mega pastors and the scandals that they get themselves into. So you hear about it all the time. And my question is, when will we hear about your scandal? So when do we find out about all the hookers you've been cheating on Priscilla with all the blow you've been doing? Like, when do we find out about your scandal? <laughs> the male hookers, right? Ted Haggard. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, the, uh, are, you, are you halfway joking and halfway serious, right? I'm 100 percent oh. joking. <laughs> I don't think okay. that's going to happen. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think I think there's some. I think that's a, actually a a good question because for me, that you're asking, hey, just how open are you? And I do think that's something that we recognize. It's like, you know what? You can definitely listen to our podcast and say that's not for me, or those guys offend me. I'm turning it off, or I'm going to go to town on Twitter and cut these guys down. But what you can't do is pull skeletons out of our closet and say these guys weren't telling you this they're fakers like that's something that can't be done i mean because we're just we're about as open as you could possibly be now sure i don't think we get on there and uh admit our every sin that we've committed through the day or the night before or anything like that but it, there's not a whole lot you don't know about us and so, yeah, 
Yeah. We kind of used to do that legalistically when we promoted uh, X3 Watch. Like we kind of felt like we would be hypocritical if we did not admit to when we looked at porn and all that stuff. And I think there was probably some good in that, but it was some immaturity as well. I think a lot of people wrote us off as, oh, yeah, those guys that cuss and talk about porn. Yeah, whatever. Do y'all remember that? Did y'all listen when we were doing the watch? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, man. I've I've probably listened to every episode ever. I guess. Impressive. Yeah. Impressive. Do you want to promo anything before you jump off the call? We know, obviously, uh, that we can catch you on Bad Christian, Pastor No Answers, um, you know, Pastor Ezekiel, you know, Superstar, Dad. What else you got going on? Yeah. uh, Well, something that I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let you in on this. I may have hinted about it before, but maybe not either. I definitely really haven't come right out and said it clearly, but I I am uh, writing... Uh, I didn't hear what you said. What would you say, Renee? Do a, a Europe tour. <laughs> oh, Europe tour. That'd be sweet. I would love that. Um, I am writing another book, and it's uh, most likely going to be called Christian Unbeliever, and it's just basically kind of a um, uh, a lengthy summary of I- I'm I'm literally trying to include every single deconstructive thought that I've ever had, everything that I feel like God has intervened in that, um, all the logical inconsistencies of uh, evangelicalism and all of that, and it's just I can't do it in a super academic billions of footnotes sort of way so it is it is definitely more of a joey conversational style um sounds awesome but i you know i i've probably written most of it um but now i have to go back and maybe have someone edit and all that one thing that i don't want to do and it may end up being a bad thing but i just don't want to think too much on the order and structure and how a book is supposed to come together and all that stuff like i almost feel like i want people to maybe read this as like a progression of thought or like a journal or or of some sort and i think for me it's because if i'm going to do something extra like that it just has to be fun it can't be like super uh toilsome illustrate it too yeah oh (laughs) illustrate it yeah Uh, but yeah, that's, you know, that's not really a promo deal because I have no idea when it will be all done, but I haven't really talked about it a whole lot. So it sounds great. Yeah. We'll definitely have to check it out whenever you release it. Sweet. Hell yeah. That's Joey Spinson of bad Christian pastor, author, Superman, uh, check them out, support them at the bcclub.com. If you uh, care to support bad Christian. Yep. And pray pray us out, Joey. All right. Amen. Yes! <laughs> well done. Yes! <laughs> we normally ask our, our guests to pray us out in some sort of way, but that's, we'll take that one. That's perfect. That was perfect. That was perfect. Okay, cool. Go, go be with your family. Thanks for coming on, Joey. All right. Yep, see you. Thanks, Joey. All see right, you, man. See Peace. I was gonna Ooh. I was gonna wrap wrap it up. Tell people, make sure we tell people on the closing music wrap up or whatever that they want to uh find out more about having multiple orgasms. I think they join Marco Polo. I don't want to have this conversation. <laughs> you know, like, I don't either. And I don't think it jived in the interview as well at all. <laughs> it jived out.
Oh, quit it. We went for talking oh, about quit it. serious faith issues. <laughs> the so what? Podcast. The inner relationships of him, Matt, and Toby. Dropped secrets. I mean, are one of the things you probably shouldn't be talking about about Matt and Toby. Yeah, I, that was a little. That was a little awkward for me. And their progression. I thought it was awesome. Relationship to ask it about was awesome. orgasms. Bitches. I thought. I thought it was great. I thought we did really well. Hello again, friends. I want to take just a quick minute here at the end of today's episode and process our conversation with Joey in a new segment called Final Thoughts with Ethan. As Omar stated earlier. Fade to Grey was born out of the relationships that were cultivated through the Bad Christian Podcast community. So I can't really understate just how jazzed I was to be talking to Joey Spenson today, uh, who is one of the three co-hosts of the Bad Christian Podcast, as you already know, because you listened to the episode already. (laughs) But anyway, um, I want to really focus on one specific segment of what he was saying in regards to the dynamic with Matt and Toby, the other two co-hosts, and how things have changed now that they podcast together, and they've had to delve into some stuff that maybe hadn't come up before in their years of friendship. And I was really struck listening to Joey talk about how he knew his friends, and he knew their stories, so when they were saying something that made him upset, he was looking past what they were saying, and he was trying to understand why they were saying it like that. What was the cause? How, like, what were they really trying to communicate? I mean, that is powerful and rare, especially now. I mean, I don't have, it's not a, a shock to you when I say that in 2018, we are offended by everything first and foremost before anything else i mean you don't have to look any further than your facebook feed or the comment section on youtube videos or the news to realize that you can't say anything and not expect that some segment of the population out there somewhere is going to be triggered and just fly off the handle I really, really want to just highlight what Joey did and how much it resonates with what we do here at Fade to Gray. We listen to understand. We don't listen to respond, and we don't listen to pick apart. We don't listen to capture sound bites and just lambaste somebody. It's just so important if we're going to try to recapture dialogue, civil dialogue. And I think we really need to. So I just want to say real quick in these final thoughts that what Joey was doing and what we try to do here on Fade to Gray, it's something that's very important to try to incorporate into your daily life again. Being able to see past the vitriol and to listen, comprehend, and see the ways that we're alike and the ways that we can come together instead of the ways that we can tear everything down. It's very important, friends. All right. I want to thank you guys so much. I mean, your support and listening and sharing has really made this first season of Fade to Grey possible. We love you. Thank you. 
Thanks, Ethan, for those wise words. If you like what you've heard today, please visit us at fadetograypodcast.com. You can also join our Marco Polo group and join the conversation. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. Happy New Year, everybody, and thanks for listening to the Fade to Gray podcast.